Hello everyone and welcome back to Intuitive Stardust. I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm still here. I haven't um I haven't released anything since the end of May. Um and I hope that none of you have been oh been waiting too anxiously for um this episode I this is the second part of my magical car ride with Kelsey um, a couple of things that I wanted to go over with you before I get into the second part of our magical car ride together um, there's been a there have been so many shifts since um, I released the first part and um, there was just a there was a right time to release this episode I've also been really um, enjoying the summer with my family um, and also running <laughs> running my boys to multiple football practices a day well they're not really technically practices it's like lifting and conditioning and stuff like that so, um, yeah, things have shifted. So the last time we talked, um, or you heard Kelsey and I talk, we were on our way to get 10,000 ounces of, well, the, the completion that would bring it to the total to 10,000 ounces of breast milk. And since that time, that 10,000 ounces of breast milk has been donated to multiple other babies that were in an immediate need because Kelsey's adoption plan fell through and the um, expecting mother chose to keep her son at the last moment but I didn't want to I didn't want to release this until the time was right um, for Kelsey with her grieving process and um, and the time there just needed to be a lot of healing and a lot of shifting. So, um, the fact that this is coming out means that there has been a lot of healing and a lot of shifting. Um, and Kelsey and I have talked and I have her permission to share this information with you and to release part two. Um, Kelsey is... Kelsey's amazing. She's beautiful and she knows now that this baby was not her son that is meant to be her be her son to be with her and that her journey is just shifted and it just looks different and um that's an amazing place for her to be in and to come from. Um, adoption, just for anyone, anyone out there who has ever gone through adopting or placing um, a child up for adoption or being adopted, um, it can be a really grueling process and it's like there's so much pain automatically associated with grief and uncertainty. So I just want to send you personally my love um, because I have really been able to experience from a friend perspective um, 
really how many ups and downs can be involved with adoption. So I love you. I see you and I'm sending you love. Um, also at the time of this recording, my boys were 15 and they're 16 now. <laughs> um, we're all still alive. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're really good boys and they're going to make really good drivers. Um, but you know, it's, um, rite of passage, a culmination point in, in your life. You know, you, you can't wait to be this age and then you can't wait to be that age. And 16 is one of them. Um, so without further ado, I pulled a card for us today. Um, it was really interesting that this was the card that came up. I used my, um, crystal Oracle deck and one of my original decks and um the card that came out for this episode was barrel um <clears throat> some interesting things about barrel excuse me is that barrel is makes up multiple different um, gemstones so uh, barrel is emerald as well as aquamarine and also Morganite. And I don't know if you are familiar or not, but emerald, of course, is green. Um, and the picture on the card, which I will share in my stories, is green um, in this particular, on this deck. But um, aquamarine is blue, and then morganite is usually pink. I don't know if it, if it's other colors, but it's mostly, it's, I've only ever seen it pink. But Emerald and Morganite are both for the heart chakra. So I feel like that's very poignant for this episode, um, seeing as we've had some shifts happen since recording. All right, so here is the message that Beryl has for us today. Resolution, stress reduction, potential new possibilities. An ongoing problem or dilemma will soon be resolved in an unexpected way. As a consequence, your stress levels and anxiety will decrease. Through this, exciting new pathways open for you and you discover new possibilities for your life. As this current situation is resolved, you will simultaneously and subconsciously let go of a past regret or guilt that has only served to sabotage the creative possibilities that have been available for you for quite some time. It is time for you to shine. Open your heart and you'll see the unlimited potential that resides within you. And then also just really quick, a side note, because I know that those of you that have listened to my other episodes have been sort of following along with my <laughs> um, loss of smell and taste and the strangeness of its return and all of that. Um, I I don't want to jinx it, but I am almost 100% positive that everything is back. And... I'm talking like within the last like two days, everything has returned. I had um, 
some butter pecan ice cream yesterday supporting a football fundraiser and the pecans did not taste weird. They tasted amazing and they tasted like they tasted before all of this happened for me. Um, I know that part of this has been an energetic shift for me. There have been a lot of things in the last two weeks, week that I have released and it seemed that once I released those things that everything returned. So that is really exciting, <laughs> especially for um, Taurus Stellium over here with all the Taurus vibes and all of the things with the senses. It makes me really, really happy, almost, almost beyond measure. Um, so without further ado, here is my magical car ride with Kelsey, part two. Okay, we are back. We just got our breast milk and kombucha. And we found some kombucha. <laughs> it's called Mad Magic Kombucha. So of course, obviously we had to get some and it is really good. So where were we at? We talked about the... Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about the nurture circle. That's yes. why I knew we needed to finish it up. So we're... Bear with us. So we're back at retreat. <laughs> Um, the second night was the nurture circle. Would, am I just going straight to the Yep, you're going to go straight for three miles until you hit 29. Okay. Um, and we, so a nurture circle is something that I had never experienced. And me either. Um, and it's such a beautiful thing. And it is totally like, you're surrendering to it all. Projector, it. yeah, like mm -hmm. projectors are like <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> the best thing ever mm -hmm. for a projector. I mean, for anybody, yeah. but it is so intimidating at first because the idea is you all sit around in a circle and we used an NLP technique called anchoring, which I talked about actually on the last mm -hmm. episode. With we had a, a, this at this point in time, we used a crystal. Um, and passed it around in the circle. And each of us, as we held that person's crystal, said something nice about the other person that we see in them that they might not see in themselves. So it was kind of like a way for that person to be able to, you know, go home and hold that crystal and remember, like, Kelsey told me this. Or, mm -hmm. like, for example, I, I've actually, when Jerry Ann held my crystal, she said, and you are like the sun. And so like sometimes when I feel I'm feeling down or my ego is being really loud or something like that, I, I have revisited that. Because um, it like brings you back into that moment. Like yeah. you have that feeling and that emotion and that energy and it's yeah. grounded into that crystal to where you can yeah. visit that anytime you want. And then after your crystal gets back to you, then it's your turn to lay down in the middle of the circle. Um, and then there's like everyone there at this retreat was some le different levels mm -hmm. of, of Reiki healers. Um, but it doesn't even have to be that. Like it can be massage. It can be like just light touch. It can still just be laying, laying on of hands, even if you're not attuned to Reiki. Mm -hmm. Like, 
and it's all at once <laughs> and everyone just like sends you love mm -hmm. you know like in that skin to skin contact there's a cardinal that and it's just this moment where you're like so you like I know for me when I went to lay down in the middle of this circle I was like this is really intimidating I don't know if I can do this like mm -hmm. I was nervous and then I didn't want it to stop yeah. after like, like after when you get over the nerves then you're like this is good keep it coming it was just so like it was like the best like if you know someone who's like a really good hugger mm -hmm. it was like the person that gives the best hugs times like a thousand yeah is what it felt like mm -hmm. you're gonna take a left up here okay um so yeah, so that was the first time I we had both been introduced yeah. to like the concept of a nurture circle, and I'm sure there are other things and ways to run them, you know, that we didn't necessarily experience. But and the cool thing about like so like when we were grounding um, like affirmations and just that those words into everyone's crystal, we had already just established this like rapport with one another because I think Friday night is what did it. Yeah, where being, we had all bore our souls yeah, being and then so, so vulnerable. Yes, vulnerable. Um, and it like actually made those conversations really authentic. Like I don't think I had one single surface level conversation that weekend. Agreed. Um, because every like, and there was also like boundaries to it. Is like if you like or if you're if you're sensing something or want to tell someone, like ask them if they're ready to receive it. Um, but then also it was just kind of this like mutual exchange where mm -hmm. it wasn't like anyone was going after one thing or an answer or anything. Like it was just genuine conversation with women. Yeah. I remember there were a couple of times where like I did have to go off on my own a little bit. Like I remember going and kind of just being alone outside in my bare feet kind of grounding a little a little bit um just because there was a lot of energy mm -hmm. um, when we were like as projectors like you're feeling everyone's energy so there was lots of yeah. tears and like there was some <laughs> anger that people were working through there was some like yeah. disappointment it was like the gamut of emotions it was. and then it's like it's overwhelming to an extent and I remember watching you like go off and like you are a different type of projector than I am so you th feel things even deeper than I do <laughs> and I think I was still at that place where I'm just like I'm gonna shut it down a little bit but I'm just gonna be here but like you knew yourself enough mm -hmm. to where you're like I just need to go ground yeah. or I need to go do this well it's like I can f so so Sarah is going through a human design teacher training which is amazing um and she was looking at there I guess there's a way where you can kind of like split your chart right mm -hmm. into like the unconscious and the conscious and she was looking at it and found out some really cool things and she told me that my unconscious side my chart in its unconscious expression is actually that of a reflector mm -hmm. and that my conscious side is that of an emotional projector which together makes me an emotional projector, but just, I, I've really, since I learned that, I've really studied about, like, listened to podcasts and read things about reflectors, because reflectors are, like, 1% of the population. They're very rare. Mm -hmm. Like, 
someone who expresses their chart fully as a reflector is rare. Right. And so, and it, the information in my human design book, um, which is from the original teachings, it is similarly put for manifestors, manifesting generators, generate pure generators and projectors. But then the chapter about reflectors is just wild. It's like wildly different, right? Mm-hmm. So listening to these podcasts, I found out that like reflectors um, can feel, I'm, I'm going to probably butcher this, can feel what, like everything in their bodies, like as though they were that person. And so when I learned that, it was like, because there's a difference with like being empathetic. There's a difference. Like there's all different. These all these different levels. Mm-hmm. And when I learned that my like my unconscious chart was a reflector, it made so much sense to me because there are times where I've been around people and I have felt their anxiety and thought that it was mine and mm-hmm. felt like I was having an anxiety attack and trying to figure out. What am I worried about? What is on my mind? What am, like, and I'm like, now I'm really okay. Like, what is this? What is this? But you're still feeling it nonetheless. But I'm still feeling it nonetheless. So, like, that's what's been so cool about this healing journey for me was learning how, like, finding the tools to learn how to release stuff like that. Yeah. Um, learning how to recognize when it isn't mine. Mm-hmm. Learning how to process other people's emotions and feelings because as an emotional projector, which you are an emotional projector as well, but you are, what is it? A mental projector unconsciously and consciously. Yeah. An emotional projector. So I think that's where like, um, I mean, even like watching you like go through some of these emotions, like there was almost like this disconnect. Like I was like, okay, I can be here and I can honor it, but I truly had no idea what you were experiencing. Ah. And until you said, like, until you discovered and Sarah discovered that you unconsciously are a reflector, then it makes sense. Like it makes sense. Well, I kept telling you the one time I kept telling you, I can feel it. I can feel it. It's building. Uh It's going to explode. I can feel it. And then it exploded. And then it exploded. And yeah. then came all the emotions. And then you were really feeling it. Like, you just... It was uh-huh. this overwhelming... Even yeah. though, like, I had watched the same situation, I wasn't feeling it the way you were. Like, I could sense it, but I also could block it to an extent because I'm not unconsciously yeah. a reflector. I'm yeah. a, I'm a, a projector. And so... Yeah. You had um, the ability to have more boundaries around it and, like... I just, I'm not made that way. Yeah. Like, I can set energetic boundaries, but at the same time, like, it just happens. Like, I have no control around feeling what other people are feeling. Right. And I have to, my control comes in, quote unquote, because, you know, what, we don't really have control. Right. In anything. We have trust. But, mm-hmm. um, it's like learning how to process it and recognize it and honor it and if as a projector I'm given an invitation by that person Mm -hmm. and it feels aligned for me then I can say you know I really I really understand I really feel that this is very because that was the thing like yes that experience was happening to you but you were understanding it in a way that the person that was 
making those choices uh-huh. had no concept of. Yep. Like, you were understanding the entire situation from, like, being a part of it, but not doing the actions. And yeah. you, like, I remember the conversation where you're like, this is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And no one else saw it. But you're like, I, I called it because you were feeling it in your body so Yeah, deeply. and it's so cool now. Like, I understand why that had to happen. It was really hard to go through that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I understand why that had to happen because it, it taught me so much. Yeah. And so now, like, I... I can I understand now when that like I I, I feel like I I understand more and am able to recognize it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really was difficult too in that particular situation. Um, I don't want to really go into too much detail about it, but like in that particular situation, there was no way of escaping. This no, was, like it was cold outside. I couldn't go outside. There was like a blizzard. There was there was nowhere to go. Like we were, you were confined within the walls. So I know that like, I, I know that out, like if I was able to go outside, if I was able to go on a walk, if I was able to be barefoot, I would have been able to process it a lot better. You're going to take a right up here at Fredericksburg road. Fredericksburg road. Yeah. In 800 feet. Yeah. Like you didn't have your, like you're not coping, but like the way you ground, like it was, I didn't like, have the tools that work best for me. Right. I didn't have access to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or like an Epsom salt bath that would have helped too. Right. Which we didn't have access to, which so. I didn't have access to at the time. Yeah. Or so. even just space. Like the space was limited. Like I yeah. feel um, like in certain situations, like if you can go outside or you can just have space from people and the yeah. energies around you, like that completely changes. Just to kind of like, well, and I think for projectors in general, when you are feeling what others are feeling, um, no matter what the level is, if you're able to remove yourself from the outside energy, mm-hmm. it really helps you understand what's yours and what's right. not. And when you right. aren't able to have that time away, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to yeah. discern what's yours and what's not. Absolutely. Um, so... Yeah, it's a it's been an adventure learning about human design. Um, and I love like I love talking with Sarah as she learns new things in her class and I actually asked her when I found out that she was taking it, I was like, So does this mean that you can teach me? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I think that's the thing about projectors. We are so interested in understanding uh-huh. the other elements of human design because we feel everyone else's energy yep. in ways that they might not necessarily do. Right. And so we're like, okay, if I can navigate Cardinal Forest. Cardinal Forest. Um, there's a subdivision here called Cardinal Forest. And so if we can navigate others, it can help us internally navigate what is ours and what isn't by being able to recognize that. Right. And then when you have that like ability to notice what's yours and what's not, then when you know something is yours, that's when you can Uh like put in the work and analyze what's going on. Right. Um, you know, appreciate what has come up and move through it, feel it and all the things. Uh Uh-huh. But when it's somebody else's, it's like the, the, once you're able to kind of get that space and have that time away from it, Mm -hmm. then you're able to 
go, oh, okay, that yeah. wasn't mine. Go and discern it, like... And then that's it. Like, when, that, then you don't have to all, worry about right. it. Right. You know? Right. Like, you've already discerned it, it's done. Yeah. Um, so, I think that's the cool thing about, like, being a projector and spending time with another projector yeah. who is, who's working towards living mm-hmm. in their design, you know, because that is very important. That's a very important key factor in, with any of it. Yeah. Um, is that there isn't, like, that extra <laughs> energy. Right. Because neither one of us make any. (laughs) Right? It's such a different experience. Like, when I found out I was a projector, I immediately looked at my family's charts. And I lived in a household with three generators that each held multiple jobs. And then I just felt like the black sheep. Like, I literally used to call myself that. I was the black sheep. And I was labeled as tired and lazy and then it manifested into a physical illness because I was like well it is socially acceptable to have a physical illness instead of me not having the energy and so once I found out I was a projector I was like I just needed rest because I don't make my own energy and so even to this day it's still it's like a complete paradigm shift for like the, the like the family I grew up in because they are over here just be bopping around doing their thing and I'm like I I can't keep up and having that expectation mm-hmm. like to not be not have to keep up is li- really liberating so I re- yeah I agree so I remember I had my exercise class right and I would or or sometimes I had like I I went through a, a couple years where I would walk with my friend um three days a week we would do five miles um in the, like in the mornings we would go and we would walk five miles and mm-hmm. so I would get about 15 miles in a week which was honestly great I miss it um because we just talked and walked right, <laughs> right. um and it was so it, walking is so good for you mm-hmm. um and it's not hard on your body like some other right. forms of exercise but no matter what form of exercise I did whether it was something um low impact like walking or my you know strength training classes or even like yoga right yeah I would have to come home and take a nap yep I would have to come (laughs) home and take a nap I could have slept wonderfully all night long gotten up in the morning with my kids you know made sure they got up to school went and exercised and then whatever the exercise was when I come when I would come home I would have to take a nap I remember one of the first conversations we had, like, so after retreat, um, like, we had each other's phone numbers, and then um, you had taken a picture of the group, and it was on your camera, and so you were texting it to us. Yes. We also have to tell the brick story. Oh, yeah. Um, And so I remember, like, you texting me, and then we were talking about, like, because... At first, I was, like, trying to... It's really hard to engage on text when you... Like, because I felt like we knew each other somewhat, but we were still, like... We had not went through, like, the core things of what makes us tick. There was just this knowing... Navigating. Yeah, navigating. Yeah, we were navigating a lot of other things. You're going to take a right here at the stoplight. Okay. Um, So, we were, like, starting that relationship of, like, what does your daily life look like? And Anne would tell me that, like, she would take an Anne nap. Because... (laughs) We started the conversation of, like, I could sleep two or three hours, but then I wake up and I can't function. And I was like, what is wrong with this? And she said, there's a science to it. And I remember you telling me the science behind it and how a 45-minute nap is, like, perfect. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is 45. Well, so my husband um, has his um, commercial driver's license in Pennsylvania. And he had to take, like, training classes. And he learned with, like... Fatigue is, like, the number one problem 
um, safety mm-hmm. issue, safety concern, right? In the and so the one safety class he took was all about napping. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a course on napping, <laughs> which is like you know a projector's dream, it right? Is. But see, when I would take those naps, though, after my exercise classes, I always felt so guilty. I felt like there was something uh, wrong with me. I felt like I was Because you weren't being productive. You I just negated the productivity that you had. That I just did. Meanwhile, I was living in my design. Yeah. And then beating myself up over it, yep. right? So he, in this class, learned that you have to have a minimum of six hours of sleep in order for it to rejuvenate you in order Mm -hmm. to be able to continue driving safely if you're tired right right or 30 minutes yeah there's like this line you sleep for 30 minutes and it really like they're called power naps for a reason Uh uh-huh sleep for 30 minutes and then it rejuvenates you enough that you're able to keep driving if you sleep longer than 30 minutes it has to be six hours before you're Uh, actually no longer tired fatigued yeah I don't know, you know, I don't have any documented evidence. This is just like from his class, what he came home and told me. So I started trying that because I was feeling so guilty about my naps, right? Uh And feeling groggy for sleeping for an hour or two or whatever. And, um, is this the same light? This is the same light that got us. Kelt Road. Yeah. Oh, they just ran it. Yeah. I, those people were like, yeah, it's like, I'm going over the going. mountain. This is the last light before the mountain. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, yeah. So, I set a timer for 45 minutes when mm-hmm. I start to feel like my eyes are getting heavy. Yeah. And that gives me about 15 minutes to fall into that sleep. Then I sleep for 30 minutes and when my timer goes off, I get up. And it takes a minute, obviously, because yeah. you wake up to a timer. But I get up, and then it's like, bam, I am, like, ready to go. And it's not, I'm not groggy, I'm not um, Mm -hmm. overtired, I feel rejuvenated. And so, if anybody, whether you're a projector or not, if anybody is tired and needs rejuvenated, an AMNAP is set the timer when your eyes start to get heavy Mm -hmm. for 45 minutes. When it goes off, get up, and you will feel better. I was just in disbelief because I were like, we were having this conversation about naps and at the time, like, like over the summer, I was just getting like more and more tired. Like I was prepping for my hysterectomy and I was just, I was exhausted Yeah. and I was like, I have to find a way to do this. And I remember setting my alarm and Tyler's like, why are you setting an alarm? I was like, because like, this is apparently going to rejuvenate me <laughs> because I'm taking a man nap <laughs> because when, like he was really thankful for it because literally when I say I need a nap, I'm gone, yeah. like lights out and I'm not functioning. And then even when I get up, I'm, I'm just not there. Yeah. And so I would like wake up and like have this burst of energy and he's like, wow, 30 <laughs> minutes, huh? And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. It's 55 here, right? It is 55. Okay. I, I thought so, but that guy was going super slow, and I figured he was turning, which he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Back up the mountain we go. Um, so the photographs. So um, before we got to retreat, um, like some of the girls like brought like a piece of them. Jerry Ann had made a comment, I think, in our group mm-hmm. chat saying, you know, I want you guys to really all consciously think of some part of yourself that you can bring to this yeah. retreat. And for me, instantly, like, my intuition was, like, photography. Yeah. You need to be seen with your photography. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, 
but do I? Like, are they gonna think it's good enough? Because I was never formally trained. Like, I just tap mm-hmm. into my own creativity. So, like, my process is, is I just start taking pictures and when I go through them after, I look over them and I keep the ones that make me feel something in, yeah. in my body, right? Mm-hmm. Emotionally. And that says Lawson right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a, uh, our, it's going to be our family son. name. Yeah, it's going to be our son's middle name. So it's just on there. On, I didn't even see the number. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so I thought, okay, I feel like I was so scared. But I chose to be brave because we talked about being brave. Well, you had shared it with Jerry Ann. So, like, I was in the middle of, like, some coaching sessions with her. And I remember the day, like, she's, we're on Zoom because I'm not um, in your area. Right. And she was like, Kelsey, the (laughs) picture that Ann took is you. Well, so I took, so what I did was I, 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 took everyone who was going to be there, including the photographer, including Jerry Ann, like mm-hmm. every person. I didn't want anyone to feel left out because that's how projectors right. are. <laughs> right. right? Um, and so I, I just went through my process of taking all of these photographs and then I did a little bit of like social media spying to kind of gain a feel for everyone's energy. And then I matched photographs up with each person. And then I made photo books and I gave a photo book to each person at the retreat as well as uh-huh. a copy of the photograph that was their photo. Yeah. So you got everyone got a book with everyone's photo and then you got an actual photograph which was your photo. Uh-huh. And yeah, so Jerry Ann I showed Jerry Ann the book <laughs> when it was finished and it came in. And I listen, there were all of these like I second guessed it, but I just knew. There were flowers. There were beautiful pictures. Like, all of them were beautiful. But some just had, like... When you think of photography, you're like, I want to be a flower. I want Anne to think that I am this beautiful, Uh like, rose or something. (laughs) Or peony. Or a peony. (laughs) Um, Or, like, this little cute bug or this tree. And... But I remember Jerrianne saying, like, you will understand it the minute you see it. And she, like, there were moments where she was like, should I show you? No, I'm not going. Because, like, we yeah. both, we yeah. love to ruin, like, surprises. Because I am impatient. And I'm like, I can't. Like, last night yeah. when you got to my house, you're like, do you want to open one of your presents now? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell you no. <laughs> and well, so. Well, I knew. I was like, all right, you have a choice. You have pick one of three. Uh-huh, right, right. <laughs> so it was like, There's you still would still surprises. have something to open, but... Right. Yeah. But, but I'm was, glad she didn't tell me because, like, you got my core reaction, so... Well, uh, I didn't even... Like, this is before. Like, I chose this photograph. You were quiet in the chat, like... You had looked at my Instagram and yeah. tried to, like, look a little... Like, what am I doing? But yep. my Instagram is very, like, plain Jane. It's got my yep. family. It's got, like... But yep. it does not show me... Like, at that point, I was afraid to be seen as a healer. And so I didn't have pictures or crystals. I didn't didn't have any of that. It was just (laughs) my life on the surface level. So, like, but you saw right through it. Yeah. You saw right through it. Yeah. Well, and I hadn't seen you um, busily, frantically cleaning the kitchen yet. Like, we hadn't had our magical (laughs) coffee pot moment. Um, But for whatever reason, this photograph, I just knew. I was like... I don't know why, and I don't care if she likes it or not, this is her. And it was? It was a picture of these bricks. Yep. 
and so I'm opening it and everyone's like oohing and on and like and Anne's also like explaining like this made me think of you because yes. and so I open this and I'm just like kind of quiet because I'm like she sees right through me <laughs> but I didn't say that and I was like oh and then like it was just this I don't even remember what your reaction was I was just so taken aback that you saw through the wall that I yeah. had built up yeah. and like that's the be- like, that's the behavior you all were seeing you were seeing my wall where I was like I don't know if I'm ready to break this down yet like yep. is this even though I recognized it was a safe space it was like I was in such a vulnerable place where I'm like okay I'm either gonna spill my guts and just <laughs> weep on the floor and someone's gonna pick me up right or I'm going to like not navigate this because my wall is so high my brick wall well so the the brick photograph was it was like a perspective shot uh-huh. of, it wasn't just a picture of bricks like the perspective was yeah, beautiful it was the corner it was actually the corner of my garage <laughs> um but I angled the camera in a way that, like, the focus was off to one side at the corner. And then the perspective faded off into, like, out of focus, you uh-huh. know? Kind of, like, blurred. Yeah. Um, and so, for whatever reason, like, I love I love perspective shots. I love uh, bricks. I love pictures of bricks. Like, I've always loved that. So, to me, that photograph made me feel something really profound and so I didn't I I I was afraid that you would be like oh I wanted a flower (laughs) but at the same time I was like no like I know when I was close to the end because I was sitting next to you and you had went the opposite way so like there was only me and Sarah left and then it was you and so I was like I'm not any of these and I was and so I could tell but I I knew the minute I saw that I was like that's gonna be my picture because yeah so and and that was really honestly one of the most magical moments of this journey for me was overcoming the fears of being seen with my photography Uh um not listening to my ego try to protect me and tell me that I don't have formal training with photography, which means that I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not any good, mm-hmm. right? Um, and also, like, tapping into the energy of people that I had never met. Yeah. I mean, I had met some people or at least connected with some people um, before retreat, but you had been very, like, quiet behind yeah. me. Behind your little wall. Yeah. When <laughs> um, I was also, like, in a different state. Like, everyone was pretty local to you guys, and you were driving yeah. an hour. And I remember, so, like, on the journey there. Um, so, I'm in western Virginia, and the easiest way for me to get up to a high pile is through the hills of West Virginia, um, up through the corridor age. And so, I remember, like, crossing into West Virginia on 259, and there was this tr- this tractor and trailer in front of me and he was going really slow and that road is like the deadliest road in Virginia like I've always been taught never ever pass anything on that road because you're going to get hit and so I remember and I'm just slowing down and I'm like I should stop and turn around I'm like I can't go and he eventually like pulls off and like I was fine once I got on to like the highway but there was this like what am I doing like I am driving four hours away 
meeting these women I have never like who I've are only strangers. They were complete yeah. strangers. I feel like this whole journey was still very new. Like I was trying to navigate who I was and being seen in that. Yeah. And I like and I I kept telling myself I was like Cherian's there. It's safe. I know it's safe. Yeah. Like she's bringing yeah. this group of women. I'm supposed to meet these group of women. Yeah. Um. And, but then that moment just solidified, like, I, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like, <laughs> I didn't even say anything and she saw me. <laughs> of course, she's our projector. Well, and I think all in all, like, just to kind of summarize the first retreat where we met, like, Friday was, like, really heavy and vulnerable uh-huh. and draining, but healing. Yeah. Saturday was a lot of, like, there was still more healing Saturday mm-hmm. and then learning and and navigating, learning about, because it was the um, intuitive, integrative healing mm-hmm. course. So it was like, you know, learning about your your inner critic, learning about your higher self, learning about your inner child. Right. Like really being able to break apart those voices that, you know, guide you. Right. Um, and choose which ones are going to propel you forward mm-hmm. in a positive fashion. Right. And appreciate the ones that are trying to protect you and those kinds of things. Right. Um, and then Saturday night was this beautiful, like, healing, nurturing circle. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was, it really had, like, we were all so tired. I swear, I think I slept for, like, a week. By Sunday, we were just, like, delusional yeah. when we were, like, saying goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I slept for, like, a week after that retreat. But at the same time... So much happened there that just all of these mostly strangers showed up just because of the connection with Jerry Ann uh-huh. and then just chose to really be vulnerable and uh-huh. make the most of this time together. Yeah. And it was just really beautiful. Yeah. Um, when it's like Friday like cracked us open yeah. and like that was the purpose like I remember sitting down in that and I was like thank goodness I wasn't like the first one but like once one person cracked open then we were like okay here we are yeah. but then like well I remember saying I was like thinking to myself I'm sitting there on this like meditation pillow uh-huh. beside Sarah who was beside you right yeah. and I'm like I'm good yeah I'm good. Well, and I, so like you brought your <laughs> photography and I have this friend named Cheryl. She owns a business called Peace and Laughter. Um, yes. She's out of Northern Virginia. I love and Cheryl so much. She, she's amazing um, because she just intuitively, like she, she um, has these gifts. Yeah. And so I had messaged her because I had met her at a, um, a gem show and I fell in love with these crystal wands she had. So she basically takes these like glass little Pyrex container, like the little wands. And, um, she puts this mixture of crystals and she gives them names and intentions. And I messaged her and I said, I'm getting ready to go to retreat with 14 women. And I need you to intuitively pick a, a couple sets of these of like, and so one, I had never done anything like that because Jerry Ann's just like, trust your intuition. I was like, what intuition? Um, and so I was like, okay, Cheryl can help me with this part. But then when I got there and there's a swallowtail, um, and so there was these bags and Jerry Ann's like, don't put them in the bags because like you, I want you to pick who they belong to. And I was like, Uh but what? Cause some of them were really deep. Like some of them were, um, like, I don't even remember what they all were. There what was, was yours? Mine was healing the healer. Yeah, healing um, the healer. They all had this very deep meaning to them, and I'm like, what there if was I like an EMF one? Uh huh. Um, there was like 
it was all different types of things and it was all for like different chakras and so basically I was just like holding them in my hand and I was like who does this go to and I remember like everyone was talking and I would just like go up and I would hand them to you guys and then there would be like I remember you telling me you're like there's peridot in this that's my boy's birthstone yep and I was like okay that was supposed to go to Anne. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was really the first time that you tapped yeah. into. Uh huh. Well, especially with like crystals, like ah. because I was su- I was second guessing myself. One, I was like, I don't know any of these women, and so I had no perspective about anyone's life because I had kind of watched, but like it was all surface level from what you see on social media. Yeah. But then, like, and I can't it, like the, throughout the whole weekend, like the ladies would come up and be like you chose that because of this or this is happening and I needed that things that had not been said but like just tapping into that intuition um that's funny yeah it was that's really it was wild but like and so then like hearing everyone's story like that solidified Mm. so much of yeah so I said like no I'm good and then (laughs) I was like I'm not good you're not good I'm not good Because you were almost one of the last, uh-huh. and so I, I do remember you saying, like, I'm good, and, and then I, there was a pause. And I felt so bad sharing my story, because, you know, my I'll share what my story was, because it's mine, but, like, just talking about how um, incredibly painful it is to grow up as a child whose parents divorced. I was one when my parents divorced, and I loved both my mom and my dad so deeply, and I felt equal amounts of guilt for the amounts of deep love that I had for each of them because they didn't love each other and they both remarried and you know honestly it was better for them my I don't know that my parents will ever listen to this and I love you both and I apologize if this is offensive but they both have very similar personalities (laughs) so it didn't work out for them and um and so I I remember like that was really heavy that weighed on me and then having these beautiful step parents um you know my stepdad and my stepmom like or these beautiful humans that came into my life and how that brought more guilt in because uh-huh. I loved them and felt guilty for loving them because I you know there was right. so much guilt coupled with love and it was that's a really heavy burden yeah. for someone to have literally their entire life uh-huh. Um, and so I felt bad sharing that because, you know, I didn't want it to hurt someone else. Right. Who's, you know, who may have been through a divorce, right? Uh-huh. You know, like, it was really, um, I think that's one of the things that keeps us from sharing yeah. our pain is because we're afraid to offend. Well, and, like, what wound are we going to trigger in someone else that they yes. have not navigated yet? Because, like... Yes. And, like, people connected with you over that. Yeah. Because, like, there were people in our group. Or, like, I was, I was like, am I about to, like, share that I had just experienced a miscarriage? Because I knew other women were struggling to get pregnant in that group. They may yeah. not have experienced a miscarriage. Right. But, like, that we were all, like, in it together. But it's this, like, hard thing to navigate where you're, like, am, am, just simply by bringing up the topic, am I triggering someone else's hurt right. that isn't able or ready to navigate it yet by yeah. sharing my story? Yeah, and that's what's so that's what's so beautiful about the way that Jerry Ann does things is that she creates a space. Mm-hmm. She creates boundaries around that space. Because um, we were also given opportunities to release that and like, but also not hold it. Like the expectation yeah. was to 
hold space for everyone, but you need to release it and go find your own. And that's what you did. Like you found your own ways throughout that weekend to like, let that go and navigate what is my energy and what is someone else's. And like, you can hold space without holding other people's energy. Well, and if projectors, you have to release it. Yeah. It's also freeing though, too, to just talk about, I'm going to have a sip of my kombucha, (laughs) um, to talk about it and just, Mm -hmm. just, you know, have it move through my throat chakra, right? And right. Because it's one thing out. to write it, and it's one thing to, um, like, say it to someone else. But to say it in a group and out loud and right. for multiple people to hear it and witness it. And to have it just be able to be witnessed. Right. Right? Because mm-hmm. that was part of, like, the, um, we were, we were, we could either snap or, or say mm, you know mm-hmm. if we if we felt or ah right. right but not interject and just yeah. allow like it wasn't like Jerry Ann created the space but we all agreed to be hold a piece of that space right. for each other yeah which was just really but very I think that's healing the other hard part is like in society people feel that they have to interject to let the person know that they are witnessing it but you don't like yeah. I feel like half of our text messages are, mm. <laughs> we, do, we do respond a lot with, mm, or. Because it's like, or, I don't mm. have anything to interject, but I'm a, like, I want you to know that I heard you, I yeah. see you, yeah. and I started doing that with someone else, and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, shoot, this is what I do with Aunt, but in our, in our, like, conversation, we'll go, mm. And so it just makes sense. It's like people that are used to interjecting. I hear you. I feel you. I, but I I don't, like. I don't need to put my two cents in it to be a part of witnessing it. Right. But then also that leaves space and room for me to invite you, Uh right, to help if if I'm in in a place where I want that advice. Right. But if I don't want that advice. Right. Then I don't have to. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 And that's that's the thing. I mean, yes, our own past experiences can definitely help us understand each other. Mm-hmm. And um, but like a lot of times, and I I am so guilty of this too because I didn't like I didn't know I've learned so much in this last year and a half. Yeah. Like, so much. Um, and there's so much more to learn. But like prior to this, you know, learning about all of these different healing modalities and stuff and using them and implementing them. Like I didn't know I, I quote unquote held space for a lot of people. And I've always had people tell me that I should have been a counselor and what have you, but it also was really hard because of that piece that I have where I feel it in my body. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I would, share my personal experiences if I had them. Uh-huh. But um, I think that's the beauty. So, like, we were, like, so probably, like, a week after retreat, I was in Richmond for my training, and I texted Dan, and I was like, can you hold some space? Because yeah. I was getting really triggered. And we were talking through that. You had not experienced what I experienced, but I think that's the beauty of it. You don't have to no. in order to hold that space. But then also, like, there's a level of understanding, mm-hmm. even though you haven't had the experience. And you weren't trying to, like, understand what I was going through. You were just no. like, I'm here. Yep. 
And that's where I think people get caught up where you think like, oh, I can't hold space for some, like, so it was about the miscarriage. And yeah. I think people think that they can't hold space because they haven't experienced it and you don't have to. Like, no. you hold better space. Like, specifically for me, like, you held better space not experiencing that than someone that had in that moment than in opening, a different way. Yeah, than, than your story opening up any wounds that I right. might have. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's a... That's an opinion, but you well, and I both, opinion. that's my, that's my <laughs> opinion too. Not everybody agrees with that, but I also feel like, um, there are a lot of wounds that are still raw uh-huh. out there. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, um, I mean, I think we've used a lot of terminology. We've used trigger. Trigger is one of my favorite, um, words that I've learned and worked with in the last year and a half mm-hmm. um, because I started this journey out of um, anger I had a lot of anger and um, once I moved through some of the anger I you know found the pain and found the hurt mm-hmm. and the sadness and what have you um, but trigger was a word that really changed things for me. Yeah. And it's funny because it was kind of like a, I have, my boys are 15, almost 16, right? And it was kind of at the time, um, a couple years past it being like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a common word amongst teenagers, right? Because it was like a Fortnite yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You know, oh, he was so triggered and da 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 Yeah, it was, it was overused. <laughs> but um, it was like young people. I, I don't right. know what the word is because <laughs> I'm old, whatever. Um, <laughs> it was like a buzzword. It was like a trendy word. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. It was trendy. You know, it was like... Uh, like everyone was triggered. But oh, we were playing was... this guy on this game, and no, no, and then he was so triggered, right? Well, because there was no explanation further. It was like it would yeah. stop at triggered. They got triggered. Yeah. Okay, well, what triggered them? How are they going to deal, like, or handle, or cope with being triggered? Yeah, and then once I kind of like really started to kind of navigate, what does that mean mm-hmm. when someone's triggered? Right. And then I started recognizing when I was triggered, yeah. and then feeling into why did that trigger me and then going having these like epiphany moments where I was like oh that's why (laughs) yeah and so triggers are really important they're you know they're there to teach us indicators yeah yeah they're indicators that there's something that needs further healing yeah so every time you're triggered by something by you know someone else or someone else's Uh, Like me driving yesterday with the crazy people on the road. I was triggered. Um, But, yeah, those triggers are indicators that you still got some more healing to do. Yeah. Right? Like something wants to be seen. That's why it shows up. Yeah, we're not supposed to live our lives sad and angry and unfulfilled. And bypassing our triggers. And unfulfilled, right? And we're supposed to live a beautiful, happy abundant life full of love uh-huh. right that's what we all are deserving of absolutely every single one of us no matter what and um, in order to get there you have to move through the crappy stuff yeah 
So when we stopped for our milk, we met this magical mama, and we she literally was talking about, like, how society doesn't want us to feel, like, it, the expectation is that, like, we don't, we shouldn't sit with the pain. Or if it doesn't, she said if it doesn't feel good, we're supposed to, we're supposed to medicate pain. Yes. Yeah, we're supposed to just stop it. Um, yeah, find a way to stop the pain. Uh-huh. And so it was just, and I told her, I was like, we were literally just talking about that on the way here, about how, like, that, and, like, how these emotions physically manifest. Yeah. Like, I was talking earlier about how, um, like, all of those, like, the feelings I was feeling about being labeled as lazy and not having energy, it physically, so, like, I took all of those words and everyone else's feelings and perceptions of me and yep. not and couldn't see my own reality of like who I was um and that manifested into like many physical illnesses like I look well, back it's like I said to you last night I was like my right hip has been hurting me all evening and you were like hold on let me go look at my chart and you looked and you were like overdoing and I was like well I was really excited for my trip I didn't sleep the night before I had a four-hour trip uh-huh. I had to like pack the car like uh, that makes sense yeah and we had to go to the grocery store we had to cook stuff like, uh-huh. like yeah complete overdoing completely and, like, for especially for a projector <laughs> yeah when you once you like and so like that's just not something that's taught like I don't it, like when I started this healing work it was like one of um one of my mentors like started showing me these things of like oh this body part is for like this emotion and that's literally what it was like so I've yeah. had both of my hips repaired and my right hip was when I was overdoing it and my left hip when when I was completely disappointed in life because I had yeah. both of them repaired within eight months. I had a two month or a two year old and I, yep. I manifested all of that. Like looking back, I'm like, I chose the hard road because <laughs> I couldn't sit in my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because of your brick walls. Because of my brick walls. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we all have our moments and like sometimes like sometimes you just need a minute right Uh and you need to go okay I know that this I know that I'm triggered by this I'm I'm gonna visit that Uh uh-huh as long as you go back and do it right you know because sometimes like you just can't like we're moms. <laughs> right. You're like, let me wait till the, and that's what I was doing is like, I was parenting a very young yep. child and having all these triggers, but I'm like, in this moment, I can't deal with this trigger. And then, and then when your children are so young, you're like completely sleep deprived. Right. So you know? as soon as she's asleep, I'm asleep. And I'm like, yeah. I don't have time to work through all the, and it really wasn't until like, until she, I could physically leave her like yeah. to go do these retreats or to go visit my friends or to like sit and have a conversation without being interrupted right then you start sifting through all of it where you're like oh I've put this away for a long right. long time oh, and I was this I was medicating with <laughs> surgical procedures and I was medicating with other things yeah. and like just to stop the pain so I could just not have to deal with it well and it's really interesting too like always you hear in the spiritual community a lot about Um, it being, it's okay to say no, right? Because a lot of times we feel that, um, we aren't valued and we don't have enough, our our self-worth isn't high enough if we don't just say yes to everything, right? right? That people pleasing aspect of things. Uh Um, sometimes it feels aligned to say yes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels aligned to say no. Like I remember I would say yes to these things and I would dread them and I would have all this 
anxiety in my body, right? I would hold all of that in my body, do the thing anyways, because I was like seeking outside of myself uh-huh. acceptance, right? Yeah. And love, not realizing that there was more than enough inside of me, right? Mm-hmm. And um, realizing how powerful saying no can be. But it's even more so, like, if you say no when no is what is aligned in the moment, then you don't ever have to hold that in your body. No. Ever. Nope. It doesn't even have to, like, come into your field because you've already put the boundary up and it's... It does take time getting used to saying no Mm -hmm. when you're used to saying yes to everything all the time because there is this... You know, we're so conditioned by society. There's a like a yes society. Yes. If you say no, then you have to feel guilty right. because you should have. Yeah, because that means no means you're not doing enough, or you didn't want to, or like. But the the yeah. the reason does not. It should not matter to anybody else. It's all about how you feel, how how your body feels. Like if uh-huh. it's like a yes, then... eleven eleven. Oh, yours is a minute behind. Yeah, I watch those eleven my, eleven. <laughs> my radio is all messed up. My dad is. I'm actually going to drive this down when I visit my dad this summer and have my radio replaced. (laughs) But yeah, it's all about feeling it. Like if you feel like you absolutely, it's not an absolute yes, then Uh it's a no. And then if you feel that guilt for having to say no, just navigate that a little bit because ultimately your body's already telling you that no was the answer to begin with. Right. Uh-huh. You know? And it's amazing what you can do when you start to recognize those emotions, those feelings, that anxiety as it comes up physically in mm-hmm. your life and in your body, it's telling you. Right. Our bodies are so incredibly intelligent. We are conditioned to not pay attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Because this is the thing. Like, what if you, everyone listened to their bodies? I think our society would look really different. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's like it's like that personal power yep. like we have been conditioned to not think that to we give it are away power. yeah to give it away to give it away because instead that's of using the only our own way you get love back right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah which is why we have a society of people pleasers and there's that guilt and that shame and yeah. all of the things that come with it and i remember like prior to my healing journey like i remember meeting people who would stand in their power, mm-hmm. who would say no, who didn't have a problem opening their throat chakra when need be. Um, and I remember just like, they were so magnetic to me. Yeah. Like I was so like, oh, I have to you're be speaking around your truth. you. Yes. Because you're doing the things that I won't let myself right. do. Yep. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but yeah, so I don't know. We talked about lots of things. We huh? did. I don't know. Did we leave anything unsaid or, or incomplete? Oh, that was the one other thing I wanted to say about our retreat. So that Sunday we left, the first retreat where we met. Um, that Sunday morning when we pulled out of the driveway to all go our separate ways again, the rain just, like, the sky opened up and it just started raining. It was such a gentle rain. So, like, the whole weekend was sunny and beautiful. Yep. And then it was because, like, Darian was talking about how, like, we were thanking the earth and for all of the things she was about to hold. Look at this dog next to us. He's so cute. (laughs) 
Oh, like hanging out the window. It looks like it might be some kind of beagle. Uh huh. He's got a beagle face. He's got a beagle face, but he's got those spots of like a, an interesting body, almost of like an Australian shepherd. Uh huh. But it's got a smooth coat like a beagle. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, but we were just talking about like how how like the earth needed to like replenish itself, and that's what that rain was. Like, it literally it held away that all. Pain. Yeah, all of the pain that we yeah. had just like given it that weekend. Well, and it was just such a beautiful exclamation on all of us being willing to be so vulnerable yeah. that weekend. Uh-huh. It's 77 degrees right now, Look by the way. That. I love that. <laughs> we were afraid. So Anna's down this weekend um, for my blessing way, and I literally texted her on Friday. I was like, it's supposed to rain the entire weekend. I manifested And sun. she was down here driving, and she's like, sun, 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 sun. I called it in. I had four hours in the car to myself. And yeah. I called, I just called it in, went through my heart. She I called like, it in big time because yesterday it was sunny until about an hour after she got there and like we had gotten everything that we needed to get done and then today it's been beautiful. Then the sky opened up yesterday and that's yes. when all of the roads flooded. Yeah. But we saw the most beautiful double rainbow. We did. A full, complete rainbow. We so were, like, big. chasing it down the road with cars behind us. Yeah, <laughs> it was so big I couldn't even capture the entire thing on my camera. Right. Um... If you want to take a right here, once this part forks, we'll go around town. Do I get over yeah, now? Yeah, in this lane. Yep, in the okay. right lane. And you'll just follow this for a little bit. I know. I wasn't sure if this was this like... a new road. Sometimes, you know how there's like a turning lane and then it ends and then the other one uh-huh. you're supposed to get in starts? Right. <laughs> right. Just making sure. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I called that sun in because I was you like, You did. No. And it's beautiful and it's 77 and like there's a chance of thunderstorms. Um, which is but, fine. Which like, is totally fine. Like, yeah. it'll cool it off a little later. Maybe we'll so. have another rainbow. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, so it'll be a beautiful afternoon. But, yeah. I uh, I hope that we were coherent. Because <laughs> we, we jumped bounced around. around quite a bit. We did. We bounced around a bit. Um, but that's okay. Cause, but like, hopefully you got the full picture We of... have literally... Like, it's been, what, eight months that we've been trying to record an episode yeah. together? uh-huh. And it's just been really hard. I mean, we could, we can do it um, away from each other. Like, there's a way, like, you could download the app that I use and we could record that way. But it's just different when you're together. Um, like, yeah. I recorded an episode with Jerry Ann um, right after my hysterectomy. And it worked out great. Like, we were on Zoom. Yeah. But it's, like, that energy, especially, yeah. like, as projectors. Like, it took a lot of energy for me to, like, get that out because it was just well, me in the here room. we are being our efficient projector We cells. are. We're just over here driving to go Recording get milk. A recording a podcast while driving to get milk. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so it, it is just different, like, being, like, in, like, the presence. It is. Yeah. It is. Especially, like you said, as being, being projectors. It's, it's different. Because this is just, like, a normal conversation that we would have. And, like, and, like most like, of our conversations are over text. So it's really nice to, like, yeah. just be able to, like, talk. And, and, like, when we were talking about this this morning, like, just letting it flow. Yes. Yeah, like, let's just let it flow, see what comes out. I know we wanted to tell the magical coffee pot story. Right. Um, and I didn't even think about talking about the photo books. So I'm really glad you brought, brought that up. Yeah, that was, I just, I still have that. So I have a she shed. Um, and, like, that picture is up in there with, like, some other photographs people have given me. Because also that. my house is brick. So, like, that's what I went to first. Of I was, like, Anne, like, encompassed 
I grew up in a brick home. I'm building my home. Like, I'm raising my family in my brick home. And, like, yeah. there's... Because also, I think there was that element of, like, on the outside, you saw my strength. Yep. And you saw that I could withstand storms and that sort of thing. But there's also, like, that other layer of, like, I I'll have Huffing built... up, huffing up, blow your house. Yeah, in. and you ain't gonna, like, you... <laughs> like, if things have tried to, like, knock me... You're gonna take a right. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm just weaving back and forth. Nobody was behind me. Never, it was fine. We're just weaving, weaving around, around as I turn onto Vine Street. <laughs> On Vine Street, yes. <laughs> um, but there was that element of, like... I mean, things have, like, physically tried to take me out... And I like, and I, you could see that through my Instagram posts, like watching my yeah. like physical healing journey and like how sick I was and how I overcame that. But it was more than that. It was just like yeah. this unspoken, like, I see your brick wall that you've put up and yeah. I, wa- I want to get on the other side. Well, and I remember. And not even knock it down, like just lower it a little bit. I remember too, like reading a couple of posts of yours about like these huge milestones that you had had with abs and like. You know, I remember seeing, like, there had been some kind of a struggle, Uh but I didn't know what it was, you know? And so I really saw, like, I saw you, like, in spite of the struggle, still going and still climbing and still trying Mm -hmm. and still searching and still seeking healing. Yeah. When to be seen in that, because, like, that's, like, one, it's, like, my soul wound is, like, I was meant to be a mother, and I Mm -hmm. struggled to do that. So, my daughter was adopted at birth, um, and now we're in the process of adopting our son once he's born. And so, it's a a completely different journey, but, like, when I started Instagram, it was, like, I, I wanted... Um, yeah, so we got cut off. I'm not really sure what happened. I, um, I know that we were driving on some back roads and maybe, I don't know if it had something to do with a service issue or if maybe we were just too long winded and the recording only goes for so long. I'm not really sure. Um, but just to, (laughs) just to fill you in on (laughs) the last things that we were talking about, um, we just talked about Kelsey's journey into um, motherhood and how her body wouldn't allow her to have a baby of her own, but how her soul knew she was meant to be a mother and her soul still knows that. Um, so her, her son is coming. We just don't know how, and we don't have to know how. Um, and again, anyone who has ever been through adoption um I just want to you know tell you it can be so grueling in any from any angle if you are the one adopting if you are the one placing if you are the one being adopted um there is so much joy and love and beauty associated with it but there is also a lot of grief and again I just want you to know that I'm sending you love if that is you um and I also just want to thank you again for bearing with me (laughs) as I move through this season and um this summer for me has been busy and beautiful um and I wouldn't trade it for the world 
Um, there was definitely a right time for this second part of this to come out, for this episode to come out, and that time is now. So thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for joining me. Like I said, I've said it up I've said it a bunch of times. Like when I record these episodes, I can feel the energy of of those listening and I love you and I appreciate you and thank you for being on this journey with me.